I love a good podcast, as you know, and I'm always happy to share resources for parents who are looking for creative, smart content that both entertains and offers enrichment for curious kids everywhere. So I'm happy to let you know about a new show from the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix Brainchild. The adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, problem solving, and more. And episodes transport kids into iconic periods in history like Pythagoras's ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England. So cool. New episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes, the perfect length for car rides, mealtimes, break times, and bedtime. Unless, of course, your kid is like mine and adventure stories at bedtime are a little too stimulating, if you know what I mean. Either way, tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Hey there, it's Debbie, and welcome to Playback Friday. Most Fridays, I re-release one of my favorite conversations from the archive. So unless you're a longtime listener of the show, there's a good chance you haven't heard this one yet. And even if you have, you just might get something completely different from it listening to it this time around. And so sometimes when a parent will come to me and they have a child that's going through a difficult time, an illness or a disability, it's not always the moment. It's, it's what is this going to look like in 10 years? What's this going to look like in 15 years? How will they have a job? How will they go to college? And, and what maybe does, it brings us back to the moment. And even if the moment is difficult, it brings us back to this moment to say, maybe things will be different than I think. Welcome to the Till Parenting Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber, and today's guest is Allison Carmen, a life coach and business consultant and the author of The Gift of Maybe, Finding Hope and Possibility in Uncertain Times. I discovered Allison and her work while doing research for my upcoming book, Differently Wired, and her message of embracing possibility and uncertainty deeply resonated with me, and I have a feeling you'll have the same reaction when you listen to our conversation. During our talk, we look at the real toll of being addicted to certainty, especially for parents raising differently wired kids, which, as we all know, comes with absolutely zero guarantees and certainty when it comes to what the current path or the future might look like. Allison shares her thoughts with us about how embracing just one simple word, maybe, can transform the way we're experiencing our everyday lives. I hope you're as inspired by our conversation as I was. And before I get to the episode, a quick little public service announcement. Did you know that some of our production costs for the podcast are being offset by generous donations of listeners like you? We're now able to outsource our final post-production costs, which is amazing and greatly appreciated as producing a weekly podcast is very time-consuming. My goal is to eventually have all the post-production tasks outsourced. So if you like what we're doing here at the podcast and you'd like to help us reach that goal, please consider making a small monthly donation. It's fast, it's easy, and it's pain-free, and seriously, as little as $2 a month makes a difference to us. To support us, you can visit us at patreon.com slash tilled parenting. And now I'll get on with the show. 
Allison. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Just to give listeners a little insight, I stumbled upon your website and learned about your book. I was doing research for the Differently Wired book that I'm writing, and I'm writing a chapter about the importance of parenting from a place of possibility instead of fear. And so I'm on Google and I'm poking around and I find your website and you have this book called The Gift of Maybe, Finding Hope and Possibility in Uncertain Times. And I was like, okay, I have to talk to this woman. So that's how we got in touch. But I would love to hear, first of all, just kind of who you are. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you do? Well, I started out in my career as an attorney. Um, I was actually a tax attorney, believe it or not. And then over time, you know, I was, I was very stressed out. I had a lot of anxiety, which I'm sure we'll get into. And so I kept trying to change my life to manage my anxiety. And then I became a business consultant. And then I had some kind of spiritual awakening with how to deal with my anxiety. And I, I realized I was addicted to certainty. So I, with the business consulting, I started to do business coaching and life coaching. And then when the 2008 crash happened, all my clients there's a stock market crash. All my clients really lost their way. They uh, couldn't get loans. They lost employees. They lost sales. Everything had turned upside down. And I started to share my life philosophies with them because I didn't know what else to do. And then one thing led to another and I got a book offer and, and I wrote the book, The Gift of Maybe. And, and, the, and that's really how the whole thing happened. It was just nothing that was planned. It was just as I kept changing in my life and the external circumstances kept changing, this path just unfolded. Wow. And so when did your book come out? Uh, November 2014. It was published by Penguin Random House. Okay, that's awesome. And just for listeners, I'll include a link on the show notes, so you can definitely check it out. But so you brought up the word certainty. And, you know, on your website, you talk about that. And you have a video where you talk about that, this idea of certainty as an addiction. Can you talk more about that? Sure. Well, I can go back to my my personal story. What happened to me is that I always needed to know what was going to happen next. And if I didn't know what was going to happen next in my life, I projected things were going to be bad or they weren't going to work out. And I think a lot of us have this addiction in our society. We're always so scared and worried that we're not okay. And the unknown brings things that we're not going to like. And so what we do in order to make ourselves feel better is we write stories about what needs to happen for us to be okay. We might write a story. I need to have this job till I retire, or I need to have this amount of money in the bank when I'm 50, or my child needs to go to this college to be okay. And so we hold on to these stories as if we know how the future is going to unfold, but then life happens and we lose the job. We don't have the money. Our child doesn't get into that college. And then we spin out of control and we start to worry. Life's not working out. Things will never get better. I can never have the things that I want. And, and it's very difficult for a lot of people. And for me, I I lived like this my whole life. I was always afraid of what was going to happen next. And I wrote all these stories. And the biggest story that I wrote in my life is that one day I'd have no more worry. I was going to get a job at a really large law firm after I became an attorney. I was going to make a lot of money. I was going to marry this great guy. And then my life would be set. There would be no more unknown. And I know it sounds like a very simple, naive way of thinking, but I actually based a lot of my life on that. And I did. I went to law school. I got a job at a large firm. I married this great guy. And I could actually remember walking to work my first day thinking, I've arrived. Everything will now be okay. (laughs) And of course, the second day of work, my office mate comes in and says, hey, Allison, did you hear they're firing half the first years? And I was a first year at the time. 
And they didn't end up firing me. But I remember that was the moment I realized that I would never have certainty. And I just kind of lost control. And, you know, where was I going to lose my job after that? Was there going to be a terrorist attack? Would my parents feel okay? Would my husband leave me? So that's how I, I started to identify the fact that I had this addiction. And then I started to feel sick. And I couldn't sleep because the worry just took over until one day I heard this beautiful Taoist story. And it's about this farmer. And the farmer had a horse and his horse ran away. And the neighbor came by and said, you have the worst luck. And the farmer said, maybe. But the next day, the horse came back with four mares. And the neighbor comes by and says, you have the best luck. And the farmer said, maybe. But the next day, the farmer's son is on the horse. He falls off and breaks his leg. And the neighbor comes by and says, you have the worst luck. And the farmer says, maybe. But the next day, the army comes to take his son to war, the farmer's son to war, and they can't take him because his leg is broken. (laughs) And the neighbor comes by and says, you have the best luck. And the farmer says, maybe. And in the Taoist tradition, the story means things just change. They're neither good or bad. But for me, when I heard that story, I actually felt a pop in my chest. And I just felt this release because I was always projecting that things were going to be bad when I didn't know, when life was uncertain. And all of a sudden, I realized life has maybe. So whatever I was thinking, whatever I was projecting, whatever I was worried about, it might unfold differently. And it sounds so simple, but this idea of maybe takes you from this place where in your mind, you're so positive you're doomed. You're so positive life's not going to work out. And it takes you to this place. You realize maybe things could get better. Maybe there's more in life. Maybe I don't know the answer. Maybe everything is still okay. And it just, it changed my life. From this place where uncertainty frightened me to this place where I truly believe that if I want my life to change, it has to happen in the unknown. And uncertainty is my best friend. That's a great story. And I actually totally relate to that. I mean, you're, you you were saying this might sound silly or this or that, but I too was thinking I was working towards when I was in my 20s and I moved to New York with my boyfriend from college. And, you know, I was, it was like waiting for that happily ever after. And then everything would be fine. And, you know, of course, that isn't what ended up happening. That boyfriend broke up with me and, you know, things kind of unraveled. And I I went to see a therapist in New York for a few years. And that was one of the things that she kind of drummed into me. There's no guarantees. And I realized that I was looking for guarantees. And that was a huge aha moment for me too. And so I, I love hearing your story. I love the, the story, the Taoist fable and just really resonates with me. And one of the reasons why I think this is so powerful for the tilt community is that we are made up of parents raising what I refer to as differently wired kids. So kids that are in some way neurologically atypical. And what I hear the most from parents like me is that one of their biggest struggles comes from really coming to terms with the fact that they're parenting a child they weren't expecting. You know, this whole journey is looking so different than what they anticipated. So I'm wondering, you know, what are your thoughts on that in terms of how this idea of maybe could change our experience? Right. Well, you know, parenting is, you know, out of all the areas that maybe has helped me, maybe it's helped me with parenting the most, clearly, without a doubt. Because what happens is that, you know, what the Buddhist said that all attachment leads to suffering, Right. And we're attached to our children. So in a way, there's going to be some suffering being a parent. I, I've never met a parent that didn't have some type of attachment. We, we need our kids to be okay, right? And we have a definition of, of what that is. But over time, I realized that it's not just 
the attachment that really causes a lot of the suffering. It's our inability to deal with the unknown, the unexpected, and the stories we write because of it. And when someone has these unexpected moments with our children, what we do is we take this moment and we project it into the future. So a lot of our suffering is not, sometimes it's in the moment, but a lot of it's what this moment today means for tomorrow. And so sometimes when a parent will come to me and they have a child that's going through a difficult time, an illness or a disability, it's not always the moment. It's, it's what is this going to look like in 10 years? What's this going to look like in 15 years? How will they have a job? How will they go to college? And, and what maybe does, it brings us back to the moment. And even if the moment is difficult, it brings us back to this moment to say, maybe things will be different than I think. Maybe there'll be a cure. Maybe my child will have growth. Maybe they'll expand in a way I, I can't possibly imagine today. Or maybe there's something in this moment that I could appreciate. Maybe there's something that, and sometimes it could come down to a smile or holding a hand if, if your child's sick. But we really have no idea what's going to happen next in our life. And what we do is we take our entire life on in one moment. And with maybe we realize, okay, I don't know, but not knowing leaves me with hope and possibility. Not knowing leaves me with the fact that this situation could change. It could get better and it could lead in the direction I never imagined. And that's what maybe does. So you let go of the expectation because the expectation is often a story that you are writing about how things need to be for your child to be okay. Mm -hmm. And when you let that go and you realize, okay, this is where I am in the moment and maybe there are gifts I can't see in the future. So that's where I feel the biggest gift for maybe is with, with people, with, with parenting, with, with children. How does that actually work in terms of identifying what that story is? Like how do the people you work with go about identifying that or how can listeners get clear on that what, in action? Like what is that process like? When it comes to parenting or when it comes to any? Yeah, maybe specifically parenting, but I imagine it's the same across the board if, it, if it's this idea of we're telling ourselves something that we have no idea if it's true or not, right? So we're kind of spinning or, or um, spiraling, as I like to call it. But how do you actually stop that spiral? Is it just a matter of noticing? Or are there kind of practical strategies to go about doing that? Well, there's an exercise actually in the first chapter of the book, which I discovered through my own pain as parenting. And, and what actually happened to me is that my daughter was having some stomach problems. And I thought, oh, well, that, that's not a very big deal. And I took her to the doctor and I was sitting there and the doctor said to me, Allison, I think she could have celiac disease. And he didn't know for sure. And I was already practicing. Maybe it's very funny, like how, you know, beware of the person that writes the book, you know, I was like, <laughs> and all of a sudden it just struck me so that I just went into panic mode. And he took blood work and he said, oh, it'll be, it'll be back in a week. And that night, and I, like I said, I already written the book and that night, I couldn't sleep and I was petrified. What happens if my daughter has this? This is going to be horrible. Her life is ruined. I mean, you wouldn't believe the stories because I was afraid. I was afraid that my daughter wouldn't be okay. And I think that's where our fears come from. My child's not going to be okay. Whatever that okay means. They, they won't be able to take care of themselves. They're going to have struggles. They're going to have disappointments. So what I did that night, it just came to me as I said, what am I going to do? My husband was sleeping like a baby, mind you. And I was like, <laughs> up. and I just started to write my fears down. And I think everybody really knows what they're really worried about. They do. If you, if you say, you know, quiet yourself down and write down your biggest worry. So I wrote, my daughter's not going to be okay. 
my daughter has celiac disease and her life's going to be difficult. My daughter has celiac disease and things are going to get worse. I just kept writing, even though I knew that I knew people who lived with the disease, but it didn't matter. At that moment, I did not want my child to have this. Mm -hmm. So I was in pain. Mm -hmm. Then after I wrote all these statements down, all these fears down, I said to myself, am I absolutely certain that these thoughts are true? Am I absolutely certain that she has it? No, I wasn't certain. Am I absolutely certain that if she has it, her life's going to be awful? No, I don't know that. Am I absolutely certain that it's going to lead to something worse? No. So as I realized I wasn't certain, I asked myself, what else is possible? And I started really broad. Maybe everything's okay. That's my favorite statement. Maybe everything's okay. Maybe it'll get better. Maybe she doesn't have it. Maybe she has it and she'll figure out how to live with it. Maybe it's good that we went to the doctor. Maybe this is a lesson in life. I, I just wrote every maybe statement possible, and I actually did for 30 minutes. And I noticed after 30 minutes, I felt that pop in my chest that I had felt the first time I heard the Taoist story. And I realized I was just writing a story, and I had no idea what was going to happen next. And my life had maybe, and her life had maybe, and things would keep changing. And I just felt so expansive again. And when I woke up the next day, I finally fell asleep. I was, I was in a different place. And yes, I had little moments, but for those seven days, I was just with my daughter. I changed her diet. We had a great time. We laughed. We this. And what happened is really not only did it take away the fear of the future, when I'm in maybe it brings me very present mm -hmm. because I realized I don't know the future. There's hope. And I, get, I was very mindful and very open and just very in the moment I was with. So I really enjoyed it. And then it turned out, of course, the doctor didn't get the blood work back. And I had another three days to wait. And in the end, she didn't have that disease. But those 10 days, I realized that a lot of our pain comes from the projection. Mm -hmm. And so that exercise, what you do is you ask yourself what your biggest fear is. Everybody knows their biggest fear when it comes to being a parent. Mm -hmm. And then ask yourself, are you absolutely certain that thought's true? And then write your maybe statements down. And everybody I know eventually finds the maybe statement that becomes their mantra. And once you find your mantra, sometimes you could just say that one statement wherever you are, and it'll bring you to a more expansive place. Mm -hmm. This year, I've been working on becoming more attuned to my body. And so I'm starting to really recognize how periodic spikes in anxiety or disruptions to my routines can seriously throw my whole system off. And as I've been traveling a ton this past month, which is both disruptive and somewhat stressful, I'm especially glad that I have the extra support of Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement from Ritual with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Symbiotic Plus provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. And it comes in this very cool minty delayed release capsule, which was specifically designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract for delivery to the colon. The bonus is that the capsules don't need to be refrigerated, so I can easily bring them with me in my carry-on. On a personal level, I love that Ritual is committed to sustainability. They're a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable long-term to not only think about their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash tilt for 25% off. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. 
In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yeah, I love that idea of writing writing the fears down and and like really going to that dark place even, yeah. right? The worst case yeah. scenario, you have to kind of get it out to know what you're really right. grappling with. No, and it just also to the presence that it gives you to not know. It's like the reason, it's funny, we suffer because we think we know. It's so interesting, isn't it? That you think the suffering is because you, you don't know what's going to happen next, but the suffering is really because you think you know what's going to happen next. Right. And once you really identify that, you could alleviate so much suffering. And yes, you, we're still we're always going to be attached to our children, but it's our relationship with uncertainty that causes most of our suffering in our daily life, no mm-hmm. matter what we're facing. Absolutely. And I, I like what you said, too, when you're living and maybe you really are in a place of presence, because, you know, as you said, we're spiraling out about the future unknowns, which we can't control, we have no idea what's going to happen, or we're regretting or thinking about things from the past, like the past. So neither of those have anything to do with what's actually happening in that moment. So I love that, especially with these kids, many of whom are so tuned in and sensitive to what's going on with us, they know when we're not present, you know, they know when we're feeling when we're living in that space of, of uncertainty, and that it's creating stress for us. And also this, this moment, there are sacred things that we're so busy writing the story about how it should have been and how things should be, that there's a sacred moment often in front of us in this in this present state that we miss. And that's the thing, too, maybe brings me very present with my children. And what, what's ever going on with them in the moment, if I'm not writing the story about what it means for tomorrow and what it means for next week and what it means for next year, I really capture the beauty of the moment with them. Even if it's a difficult situation, there's always beauty. There's always something sacred, I find. So it, it's really, it really improves also not just letting go of your fear, but also improving the quality of your life with your family and your friends and, and everything that you do. Yeah, I talk about in my book, this idea of that every choice that we are making, and I and I pull this from the Neil Donald Walsh's book, The Com- Conversations with God, but that every choice we're making, we make at, from a place either of fear or love. So I see a connection with that concept, too, in the work that you're doing. Right, because deep down, we're afraid we're not okay. And deep down, we're afraid our children aren't okay. Mm-hmm. And that that's fear, our 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 fear of the unknown. And I think that if you think about it, your relationship with uncertainty dictates most things that we do every day. What job we're going to take, who we're going to pick to love, what we're going to pick to, it's all based on, are we willing to not know? And if you're willing not to know, and you're not afraid of what the future will bring, you're going to have a much more expansive life. So yeah, this, this fear that we have, that it's a basic fear. We're not okay. And, and we feel we're not okay because of something that might be experiencing in the moment or the fact that we don't know the future. So I agree with that. I think that when we're not in fear and we're not projecting and we're very present, we're in a more of a, a love, an open-hearted state of love. And I think that that's another thing too. We don't realize it. We think we're giving our children everything. We're loving them. We're doing all these things. But if we're afraid, we're not as present 
And if we're not as present, the love that we give will not be as expansive. I, I, I can't say that we won't give our children love because you could be in a totally fear state and of course love your children, but there's an expansiveness that we could have, a, a more of a depth and just bring them into that. And also too, the more present you are, the more present your children will be. Like you said, they know it, they see it, they see how we act, they see the energy, they see our movements. So I think that our state of mind also helps create their state of mind. Yeah, I wanted to talk with you about that. Actually, I think, you know, I'm a big advocate of just just modeling the, you know, the power of of our children seeing us kind of do work on ourselves in this personal growth work. And I can just imagine what that introducing this language of of maybe into a child's life, you know, a lot of kids in our community, especially gifted children can be highly perfectionistic, you know, which is also a very fear based thing, or, you know, they really struggle with unpredictability and all of these things. So I can just imagine the power of them being able to really embrace maybe in their world. Our society doesn't teach us maybe our society tells us we need to know, right? It's all we need to know what grades you're going to get, what kind of job you're going to get, what college you're going to go to. So, so our kids are constantly being fed this one way thinking, one way thinking. And, and then the idea of maybe liberates them. Mm-hmm. It liberates them because it allows them to see that life doesn't have to be one way. And I have a daughter who actually, she had a lot of anxiety growing up and she, she had a tendency to, to want perfection, to want the, the A. And I think it really was this idea of maybe that's allowed her to be so much more balanced and so much more successful in her life because she sees now when something doesn't go her way, maybe it did, or maybe it's going to get better, or maybe this is good, or maybe I need to do something different. So she doesn't get stuck in that place where I failed. It's never going to get better. It's not going to work out. So that seems to be a lot of the dialogue I hear from kids. And when they, this idea of maybe just gives them the freedom to not be upset with themselves, not to be upset with life and to, to just be more creative and hopeful. And what's also interesting too, is that I have a lot of kids come to me and they're like, well, I watch the news and I'm afraid of terrorism and I'm afraid of global warming and I'm afraid of this and that. And if you sell your kids doom and gloom, they're going to make very limited choices in their lives. But if you sell them, maybe they're going to see the world differently because they're going to say, okay, it's okay not to know the answer. That's the thing. The society and a lot of the schools, they don't allow our children not to know. It's okay not to know. And it's okay for them not to have the solution for global warming and the solution for to end terrorism and the solution to make, you know, to feed everybody in the world because things always change. And they say life has maybe, and maybe I'll figure it out. Maybe there'll be new inventions. Maybe we could have new types of energy. So when they have this idea of maybe they start to dream more and they have more hope and more possibility. So again, they see the world the way it is today, but they know life has maybe and things will always change. And then they're going to act on it. They're not going to be so afraid that they're limited because there's nothing in life that's limited. So maybe really makes them possible thinkers. And I really have a lot of hope that they're the ones that are going to make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. You and me both. Yeah, you know, and as you're talking, I was thinking of Carol Dweck's work around growth mindset and the words, the the short phrase that she uses that we've also tried to incorporate in our world is this idea of not yet. You know, so many of us demand this or that to happen for us right now, or if we're not good at something right now. And so that idea of, yeah, not yet, like it, it creates that curiosity, that possibility, that openness of, of what could be. Right. And it's our fear. Again, it's our fear of the unknown that creates that need. 
because we're so afraid that life's not going to give us what we want, we become very impatient because mm-hmm. not knowing makes us feel like, oh, this didn't happen. Yeah, that means it's not going to happen. Or I don't know the answer. That means I'll never know it or things will never get better. And that's these dialogue that we that we tell, that our children tell. That's what gets us into this this tight place to begin with, this feeling of doom and gloom. But mm-hmm. with the idea of maybe it it makes us realize that we don't know and not knowing is good. Because if you're not happy with today and you want your life to change, it has to happen in the unknown. Mm-hmm. And that's also so what's interesting about parenting. It's like we're so frightened what's going to be with our children. But if we think about it, if we're having an issue or a problem tomorrow or or the next day or the day after that, usually will offer us a different answer or a different way or a different possibility. So we don't, there's nothing to fear. There's just something to embrace. Yeah, that's great. One of the things I just wanted to touch upon is this, I was thinking about Facebook, right? So, so many of us are comparing what's happening in our world, especially, you know, as we watch other parents post pictures of their kids doing this and that successfully, or, you know, winning chess championships or doing this. And there is a lot of comparison. And there is this idea that other people do have certainty, right? That, well, in a comparison situation, they seem to have it all figured out. That child's path is clearly defined. Ours isn't, you know? So this idea of false certainty, could you talk about that? Like, does anyone actually... Do you think everyone's addicted to certainty? Maybe that's my question. I don't think everyone's addicted. I meet people who have faith. Sometimes it's religious, you know, faith, or sometimes there are people who are just okay where how life goes, wherever it goes. I find parenting, though, I've never met a parent that didn't have a little bit of an addiction. I have to be honest. Maybe I'll meet one, (laughs) (laughs) but I haven't met one yet. And what's also interesting, too, is that you know, I've had an opportunity over the years. I didn't expect my book to resonate um, so much in the parenting community because I I came from a business background. But over, you know, the last couple of years, more and more parents connect with me. I work with them and everybody has issues, everybody, different types of issues. You know, there's somebody who could be, um, win a chess championship and, and they have terrible anxiety or somebody, um, you know, could, could be an A student and they're they're a horrible athlete and it bothers them. You know, everybody has their stuff. No, no, there I've never met a human being that doesn't have stuff. Mm-hmm. But we also have to remember too, we all have our own path. And you know, someone once told me to, you know, comparing yourself to someone else is like comparing an apple to an orange. And I always remember that when I'm you know, if I'm on Facebook and I'm going through a hard time and you know, I just always say a prayer of love out to whoever I'm looking at, and I realize that, you know, I have my own path in life and everyone has their own path and Nobody has certainty. Nobody. And everybody's going to have their bumps. And people have some people have more difficult lives than, than others. But I know that if if I stay in my own place, and I always say sometimes that, you know, if I stay in my own business, in my own place, that I know that I put my power and my presence in, in the moment, that I will always show up best for my life and for my children's life. And it'll unfold the way that it's supposed to, because we all have a path in life, right? And mm-hmm. so I always say that, you know, Focusing too much on someone else's path just drains my energy from my own. And that's how I view it. But I understand, you know, Facebook is very tricky. But, you know, they I also read an article recently that people just put their one moment on, right? That one moment where everything looked beautiful and perfect. And, and there are a lot of other moments, too. Life has different types of moments for all of us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, but it's definitely an interesting conversation about that. Yes. And sure. these, these days and times, for sure. Hey there, it's Debbie. 
I love making this show and sharing conversations about how to support our awesome neurodivergent kids. I've seen how even one little insight from an interview can spark a big shift in daily life. But I know that raising complex kids can be messy and lonely. And just when we think we figured it out, something comes up that boots us right back to feeling overwhelmed and stuck. That's why I've poured everything into creating a way for parents like us navigating complex parenting journeys to join together and chart a path that feels positive, hopeful, and doable. It's the brand new Differently Wired Club experience. In the club, you'll get personal support from me and other seasoned parent coaches, six live calls every month where you can connect and get your personal questions answered, the opportunity to learn directly from authors and experts like I have on this show, monthly themes for getting specific and tactical, an exclusive private podcast feed, and the best, most generous community of parents. Seriously, these folks show up for themselves and each other, and that right there is really everything. Because it's a daily reminder that we're not alone. Our kids aren't broken, and we have totally got this. The recently rebooted Differently Wired Club is on a brand new platform with its very own iOS and Android app. It is such a great space. However you learn, whatever your style, no matter the ages, genders, and neurodivergent profile of your children, the Differently Wired Club can help you cultivate the positive shifts you're hoping for. Join us today by going to tiltparenting.com slash club. That's tiltparenting.com slash club. I hope to see you on the inside. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Before we go, do you have any, I don't know, a couple of tips for parents who are listening who want to incorporate this idea of maybe and possibility more into their daily life? You know, if they're listening to this, and they're, it's really resonating, and they're recognizing, yes, I have a lot of issues around, around certainty and fear, like, what are a couple small steps that they could do to, to impact them? Well, the first thing, although this is is not a maybe practice. The first thing I find uh, is that every morning and every night, you know, have a gratitude practice. What happens is that we're always looking at what's not in our lives. We're always doing that. We, oh, for some reason, what's not happening in our lives always seems bigger than what is happening. So it's really important. It's like I always say, you know, you could go into your kitchen, right? And you see dirty dishes in the sink and you're like, oh, my kitchen's filthy. But if you spent the time to open every cabinet, you'd realize that most of your dishes are clean. <laughs> yeah. And so in life, always remember that it, it, it gives you ground. It gives you a foundation, a place to stand. These are the things that I have today in my life. These are the blessings that I have. And I find that's very grounding every day to do that. We forget that. I cannot tell you, listen, I do this stuff for a living. I cannot tell you how many days 
I'm just not looking at what is this, 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 for some reason we're obsessed with the thing that's not. So that's a beautiful place to start. And with the maybe practice every day, that exercise that I gave is when you feel that you're stressed, when you feel you're worried, when you feel you're just overly obsessing about a thought and idea, you, you're probably not very present. You're probably projecting into the future and it's a good time to pick up your pen and write, what, what's my biggest fear? And do the practice. And again, I, I, everybody comes out differently. There's always a mantra. Like I have a friend who's been dealing with maybe practice for years. And all of a sudden, her favorite word is she, she just says to herself, maybe that thought's not true. Maybe that thought's not true. And it just frees her. See, what happens with maybe is that you're going to find a thought or a mantra that's going to free you from that fear. It's going to free you from that, that fear that, that captured you, that was making you feel miserable and stressed. And this little word is going to take you from this place where you're sure you're doomed you're sure it can't get better to this open place where like, okay, maybe I don't know and that's good or maybe it'll get better. So that's how you move through the day. You're going to, you could do the exercise and eventually you're going to find a mantra that just liberates you. And that one, that first moment you are liberated. It's life changing. Mm. It's life changing to know that you're not doomed or your child's not doomed and that life will change it. And thank goodness life changes, right? We forget uncertainty is our best friend. So those, I think a gratitude practice and a maybe practice. And again, it's so simple but it's so profound because mm-hmm. anything that takes you from this cramped place in your head where you think not, life's not working out to this open place where you know that life will change and good things could still happen. It's, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. I love it. I love it. It's so in alignment with what I believe. And, and I really do believe that the smallest little tweaks can have a profound impact. And thank you for sharing those. And thank you for sharing the gratitude practice that is something we don't talk a lot about on the show, but it's something I personally am a big believer in the power of doing. So before we go, could you just maybe share where people can get in touch with you or, you know, learn more about your work and your book? Oh, sure. The book, again, is The Gift of Maybe, and it's sold at most major uh, bookstores and independent bookstores, but also you could always get it online at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. I write for a lot of publications, Psychology Today, HuffPost, Green. I have a website, alisoncarmen.com, where you could you can contact me, get in touch with me. I love always hearing from people who read the book or people that have questions about the maybe practice. And I also still blog. I haven't written the last couple months because I've been a little inundated with my children and I have one graduating high school, which is an exciting time. So, But I write a lot often about maybe and about worry and stress and a lot about parenting. So you can learn a lot about you know the work that I do on, on the website as well. Fantastic. And again, listeners, I will leave links to Allison's website and to where you can buy her book and where you can read her blog on the show notes. So you can check that out after the show. So Allison, thank you so much for this conversation. Super interesting. I hope that it is sparking some little shifts in our listeners minds to just kind of think about that. And again, as you said, it's it's such a simple concept, but so powerful. And I appreciate you breaking it down for us today. Thank you, Debbie. It's been a great time here today. You've been listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. For the show notes for this episode, including links to Allison's website and book, as well as the rest of the resources we discussed, visit tiltparenting.com slash session 66. If you haven't already tried our free virtual Differently Wired 7-Day Challenge, I strongly encourage you to sign up. The challenge features short daily videos emailed to you every day for seven days, a private Facebook group, all centered around helping parents being intentional and purposeful in parenting their atypical kids. 
More than 500 people have already gone through the challenge and the feedback we've gotten is that it's made an immediate difference in their daily life, which is exactly what we were hoping for. The challenge is free and it's ongoing. So if you want to join us, just sign up at tiltparenting.com slash seven day. And lastly, if you like what you heard on today's episode and you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes or leaving a rating or a review. Both things really help our podcast get more visibility. Thanks again for listening. For more information on Tilt Parenting, visit www.tiltparenting.com. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.